I wanted to continue to talk a little bit about um, uh, a new creation. And because I see that that is an empowering reality. It's amazingly empowering. I, I sometimes just sit around. I mean, I don't just sit around, but sometimes when I am sitting around, <laughs> riding in a car or something, I think, just think about God. And, and my mind, I believe the Holy Spirit takes hold of my mind and just takes my mind in all kinds of places. And I remember recalling Paul saying that Christ Jesus ascended far above the heavens that he might feel all things. And, and we always talk about going to heaven, but Paul tells us that there's a reality beyond heaven that awaits us. You know, because it, since Jesus ascended above the heavens, the heavens great, but he ascended above the heavens. And I believe that according to John 17, there, there will be an introduction to God like we've never known. It, when you think about heaven, God created the heavens and the earth. God created them. So God is outside his creation, and he also indwells his creation. So that is just so amazing. So this is the reality of this new creation. Now, we chose the title, A New Creation, rather than The New Creation, because you need to know that you are a new creation before you can get the specificity of that, the new creation. So you are a new creation. That means that you are something that is novel that was never before. And you have to understand that, and then we want to understand it and walk in it. Uh, I think we have done quite a bit of, of uh, preparatory work. You know, we have said a lot of things uh, in the symposium, before the symposium, and then even after the symposium. I want us to look at, of course, we can quote, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, for if anyone is in Christ Jesus, if any man, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away or have passed away. And he says, behold. That means, you know, take a look at it, gaze at it, fix your attention on it. All things have become new. And so what he shows us is a new reality for the believer. I, I, I want to say some things without being critical or sounding critical. Like, uh, I don't want it to be like, oh, I'm picking on what somebody else believes and knows or, or think they know or whatever the case is. But I, I think that a lot of times our Christianity just focuses on here and now. It focuses on getting through today's issues and problems. I, I, you, you'll find that when people walk a tightrope, I've seen that, you know, some of you are too young to remember the old Burt Lancaster movies, where an old Burt Lancaster was uh, uh, in a traveling group of people, and he, they had a, like a circus or whatever, and I think he was a higher uh, wire guy, and he had, and if you're going to say something, say it loud. <laughs> say it loud. <laughs> okay, don't do that. Uh, so, so uh, you know, he was walking across, and they would walk across, and we're, we're just thinking they're going to fall in a moment, but they don't fall. And, and they, they, they didn't fall. Why? Because they kept their eyes not on the rope, but, but on their destination. Yeah, yeah. And so, with us, with believers, we have to do that because God wants us and has raised us up to be an example people. An example, people. But it's easy to become short-sighted, but you can only become short-sighted 
when you're looking at things around you, things that are trying to take your peace or, or things that are trying to disrupt your joy or looking at an offense that someone has committed. I am so grateful, and I'm not boasting at all, you know, because I have to keep my knees down. Somebody said it's hard to stumble when you're on your knees. So, so I, I, I want us to look at this in a different way because so often God allows things in our lives. Sometimes we think that that person shouldn't have done that, and we get tripped up by looking at the incident that is that which happened to us rather than the God who is watching over us all the time. So the, this new creation is a marvelous reality, and it will empower you as you have never been empowered. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Paul writes to the Ephesian, we are his workmanship. You know, we are his doing, his creation. Uh, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, when we are looking at the destination, <clears throat> we recognize that God has prepared something for us, and we should look to the something, that is, uh, a union with God, union with God through Jesus. It's not like, oh, the wicked will s cease from troubling. I, I know you want some relief, but fix your eyes on the Lord. This is what he wants us to do in this particular time. He says he prepared good works for us, what, beforehand. Now, now what is the beforehand? It has to do with before time began. It doesn't mean that when you were in your mom's womb, that God prepared something for you. Oh, oh, I forgot about this one. Let me prepare something. No, beforehand, before the, the creation of this world. Now, this puts you in a unique position if you and I can believe. It puts us in a unique position to always be overcomers and not the overcome. We are overcomers. It puts us in that position. So stop thinking about, I, I always wanted my life to look like this. Really? What does God, what did God want it to look like? And what does God want it to look like? So whatever God wants your life to look like is what it should look like, not necessarily what you want it to look like because you have limited information. You have limited understanding. Yeah. But God has something great for us. We are living in a marvelous time. I feel like I want to take my time a little bit, so we'll do part two the next time I stand up. <laughs> I told you recently the story. I was at home, and I was a younger man. I was at home up in Palestine, Texas. <laughs> I was up in the Piney Woods. And we were listening to some old albums, those big albums. I told you that recently. And I think it was the 33 one, you know, the 33, not the 45, the 33. And this old preacher was preaching. Boy, he sure was preaching. He was preaching. I'm, 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 I'm saying that respectfully because you might say that old preacher up there, you know. But, but he was preaching. It was so good. It was so good. And I thought, I said to my mom, Ma, Mother, this is so good, Mother. I was born at the wrong time. And I remember her words so vividly, no, you were not. You were born at the right time. This time is better than that time. And so, yeah. We, and, we look back so nostalgically, you know, the longings for the past. That's what that means, you know. Oh, I remember. 
when God wants us to look ahead because we are walking this, as it were, tightrope of life, and the tightrope is not a, an obstacle. It's not uh, a problem as long as we're looking to God, as, as long as we see Jesus. And so, he says that God had prepared something for us to walk in, to live in, to be. And, and uh, uh, as I keep trying to say, and I, I deviate, but I'm convinced that this time in which we live is the best time. The best time is not necessarily a time absent of difficulty. I, I remember as a young preacher, a young, a young preacher, I think I was a young preacher at the time, uh, this friend of mine, my dad's and mom, bought a, a book for me. He wanted to give me a book. Yeah, it was a new preacher, young preacher, so he bought this book for me. The book wasn't that good. But, <laughs> but there was one, line, one thing in it that stayed with me. And that is that prosperity has ruined more preachers than adversity. Yeah, yeah. And I would say not only preachers, but also people of God. You know, we, we sometimes fail to, to reach at that goal. So, so God has prepared a, a, a path of good works for us, and then God himself will perform uh, in and, and through us uh, as we walk by faith. That's how it works. Remember I told you some time ago, uh, several, many months ago, that I, I, I was, you know, in this fasting time, I, was, I said, Lord, um, uh, I want you, the, the last 10 uh, weeks of this fasting, I, I want you to embed faith in me like never before. And the reason I said that is because I found that even the best of us, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the best of us, but even the best of us sometimes get sidetracked because we stop looking at the end goal. We stop looking at, at, at Jesus Christ there. We want Jesus Christ to just be immediate. You know, you're just my immediate help. But Jesus is your ever-present help at, uh, from beginning to end. And he is the beginning and he is the end. So it's not like there's a, another place. So I would like for all of us to look at that and look at that with greater sincerity. Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, doing, uh, that you and I are to do a work for God so much. But it is God who does the work. It's God who do does the work in and through us. It's God who does the work. And when you begin to see that, you can relax. You know, it's a lot better than that automatic car that drives, whatever that car is. It's a lot better. God wants to show us something. And, uh, and uh, 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 several weeks ago, or maybe it was about a month and a half ago, uh, we were driving to Kingsville for a ministry. We were driving there for ministry. And we were about to start a fast. I don't remember which number it was, but we were about to, I think we started at that 6 o'clock and we were driving over there. And, and suddenly I had a vision. And I had a vision. Uh, if I've told you this, just wave me off, say don't tell us. Uh, but, uh, and I mean that. Uh, but it had this vision. Remember that? No? Okay. It, and there were mountains, uh, like tall mountains. And then there were clouds uh, over the top of the mountains. You could see the, some of the peaks, but there were clouds there. And I suddenly saw where my head, uh, my upper torso, was lifted high above the mountains and the clouds. 
and I was, it was an amazing vision that I saw. But that was not just for me. I believe it is for those of us who are living right now. We're a new creation. We're, we don't have to see concrete things to believe God. We don't have to have some sign, as it were. You are the sign. You are the sign. Your salvation is the sign. Your redemption is the sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, you know what God can do. You know what God can do. You know, I remember the old people used to say, old people, i got to stop saying that. <laughs> I don't want to disparage myself. <laughs> they used to say, they used to say, the things I used to do, I don't do. Yeah, that's how they said it too, no more. They didn't say the anymore. Said, the things I used to do, I don't do no more. You know, that, that may be bad grammar, but it sure is good doctrine. So it's because of Jesus and what he has done. So what God did for us in that, I believe God painted a picture for us, a, a clear depiction of who we are and, and what it looks like. When he made Adam, formed Adam from the dust of the earth and, and he put him in a garden, he was showing us, if it were a movie, we would see us ourselves in that and we would see our own failure in that. We would see our own failure, that, that God would make man, and then man will decide to do his own thing because there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is not, not good, it's death. And so you, you can see that, that picture. And then from Adam, you see all of the other stuff that happened from Adam. But so God says, now I want you to see something else. And so he brings up the, up the, the last Adam, not the second Adam. And I know people call Jesus the second Adam, but he's not the second Adam. He's the last Adam. Yes, the last Adam. And so then you see a picture of the last Adam. And, and uh, when you look at the first Adam, you see failure. But you see the last Adam, you see success. And that's who we're in, in success. And so, amen. So you and I can say, and, and I know you've heard me say these things before, but I want to say them again. I want to do it in a very emphatic way or with great emphasis. And so we see that God wanted us to know um, the right from wrong, good from bad, and all of that. Uh, and he, he shows us how we're formed and, and what that looks like. So every believer, every believer has a new genesis. So God ge gave that, that old man a new genesis in that we are now not created in the perishable, but we are created in the imperishable. Now, I know you say, I know all of that, but do you know that? You see, you, if you can't walk in it, you, you might, must not know it or you are in full rebellion. You know, when you really know that you are in the imperishable, I'm learning that more and more, deeper and deeper every day, that I am created in the imperishable. Why should I worry and think, oh, this is going to fall apart? Huh? Oh, I don't know. And Jesus has never failed. Remember that, that song we, we sing uh, sometimes, he has never failed me yet? Somebody said, just take the yet off. Well, I think we'll have to rewrite the, the, the little notes if we take the yet off. But what, what that yet is saying, he hasn't done it at, at, up to this point. But I think it may be a little bit misleading. He's, he has never failed me. He has never failed me. Yeah. So, yeah. 
so let's, we have something in front of us. We must walk this out, this new Genesis. We must walk it out because we are aware of it more and more, more and more. We are aware of what God has done. So Jesus himself is the new Genesis, and Paul breaks that down by telling us that we were uh, created in Christ Jesus uh, and that we are this new creation that is not made of um, materially in our substance. We are not made from something that is perishable, but the substance that, uh, from which we are made is God. The, the substance from which we are made is God. So since Jesus, since Jesus, not if Jesus, but since Jesus is the substance, Paul tells us that the substance is Christ. Yeah, yeah. So let's start to look at things differently. Let's start to look at things differently. I want to say one more thing, and then I'm going to say a few of these things. I've actually said more in this little section that I wanted to say. But uh, what God wants us to understand uh, about our lives, and, and I'm understanding that more and more, and I've, I've you know, said so many things about uh, being happy that God has let me live this long, and uh, I'm grateful to live this long. But what God wants us to know is that He is never failing. I mean, that that's stands in one of the songs we sing, but He is never failing. He wants us to know, when He says things like um, uh, that the, the new creation, John says this, First John, that, that he is, um, as John said, he says he cannot sin. And, and so when we have theologians and preachers and so forth, we say things like, we explain it away. We explain those things away. Now, listen, am I, uh, don't, go, don't go to the end. I'm, I'm going to get there myself. <clears throat> but we, I, I believe that John meant what he said. I do believe he meant what he said. I, I don't think the Holy Spirit had that language uh, to become ambiguous so that we couldn't grasp the meaning of it. No, it's not so crazy that we can't. This is what, what I believe John meant, <clears throat> and that God, there's a place in every believer that is a saved place. Uh, I believe it's the heart. I believe it's the new heart. You can't have the new heart and the old heart in the same place. They're just not. There is an old heart. It's Jeremiah 17 heart, you know, that is desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's the old creation. But the new creation is one that God has done a permanent work in, and that, that is real. And it's going to be real till Jesus comes. That is going to remain the same. If it does not, it means that God made a mistake when he saved me. But God did not make a mistake when he saved you. He did not make a mistake when he saved me. That's the new creation. The, what, the thing that we, we sometimes have this uh, unclearness, you know, that's ambiguous stuff. But at this unclearness is the soul. We sometimes have a problem dividing the soul. But, but the writer of Hebrews tells us that uh, we don't need to have a problem because the Word of God does that. Yeah, yeah rightly divided. You know, the, the, the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Isn't that right? Right. So l let us look at this thing because we are going somewhere. We are going somewhere with God. I, I want to say that again emphatically, and I trust I'm not repeating myself too much. But we are going somewhere with God. I am I, acutely aware of that. We are going somewhere with God. This is, as my mother said to this young Don Lavelle, young, young preacher, wasn't a pastor, I don't think, a young preacher, she said, no, this is better. And that God, God called you for this time, not for that time. 
And so when they gave the baton to me that I'm to run, when you, whomever it was who gave the baton to you, you're to run the race with patience. Looking unto Jesus. What? Looking where? Oh, at the rope? Looking at the, the, the danger there? No, looking unto Jesus. That keeps you straight and focused. Amen. I want us to, to really consider uh, this new creation and not just as a, uh, another sermon, as it were, something else to believe and talk. <laughs> it needs to work out. Okay, so, so let's look at, again, uh, the, the new Genesis here. He says, we, our Genesis is Christ. So, do you get that? And when somebody talks to you about the garden and all that, there's some lessons to be learned from the garden, but that's not your Genesis, the, not, the, not the new creation. <laughs> Old creation is, is Genesis, but, but no, not the new. And so, when we are created in Christ Jesus, we are created in the victor. Being a little boy uh, years ago, I, I always wanted uh, to be a, a swordsman, a cowboy, or an indigenous American. Yeah, I remember that. And a swordsman, I wanted that. And a little old 90-pound nurse with a needle can just tear me up. I would have been a terrible swordsman. Yeah. So, so, but I, I, I wanted to be all those things because they were exciting. They, uh, they were appealing to me, to my natural person. But I am now, and you are, created. You are brought forth in Christ Jesus. I, I don't know uh, if I could make that plainer. You are brought forth in Christ Jesus. You have a spiritual birth. Now, I know these things are said over and over, and I say some things over and over, but, but we learn by repeating we, uh, things that are repeated to us over and over and over. Uh, and my mom told me when I was a little boy, I had a, I had a habit. It was some kind of little habit I had. And uh, she said, a habit is a cable. We weave a thread of it every day until at last we cannot break it. Stop it. <laughs> so I had to stop it. So, but, but we have these habits, and, uh, and sometimes the habit of always going back to the old we keep referencing the old. We keep referencing what has been done away for us. It's been done away with. Yes, for us. It's, it's not the old anymore. It's the new that speaks. It's the new that speaks. Yeah. So, if I'm created in a victorious one, then I am victorious. Created by the Word of God. Created by the Word of God. In the Word, in the beginning was the Word. The Word uh, was, uh, was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. All things were made by Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. So look at us now. So what, is, what does that cause us to, to be or think or do? We have to ask ourselves that. Because what that does is it shows us that we have been made for this hour. Now listen, we talked about God being in control of everything, the Father and the Son uh, and the Spirit of God. God's in control of everything. There's nothing that can surprise Him. It's like, you know, the scientists say the universe is endless. It's endless for us, but it's in the palm of God's hand. 
I mean, that's what that looks like. <clears throat> so we have to understand what we have and, and then what we can do. This time is for the revealing. In 2019, I believe it was December 2019 or early uh, January 2020 when the Lord gave me a word that this was a time of reset and revealing. Yeah. And so what we want to do is, I, I was thinking initially, you know, when God speaks, uh, he, he says a, a few words and it could take your lifetime to fully decipher them. Wow. You know, and so when he talked about uh, reset revealing, I, I fixed myself. Okay, it's the time for me to get, get set again, start my race, and it's going to reveal those of us who are in him uh, and are really fully committed and those who are not. Yes, it does mean that. But it also means this is a time when I'm going to reset you and I'm going to reveal myself to you in unprecedented ways. In unprecedented ways. So let, let's, let's keep looking at this. He says, so you're created by the Word of God. Since or if you are created by the Word of God, what does that make you? Uh, I mean, I, I mean in, in terms of victory, a victorious living, what does that make you? It, it, it makes you victorious. It makes you bigger than the things around you because now you are made, you were, you were brought forth before you were these things were given to you in Christ before time began. Let me say it that way. They were given to you. So what that means is as, as God is ruling over everything, nothing under him can defeat him. And so likewise you. Amen. Likewise you. Likewise you. So you are an overcomer. You are a victor. You, you can see a lot farther than a natural person. When I told you about the vision I had, my head was up above. I just saw huge, like, spaces. It was as though I could see for thousands and thousands of miles. Why? Because my thinking has been brought higher, lifted up. I, my, my, I'm not so attached to the earth. I'm not attached to the earth. I, I told you the story of uh, Dr. Rocher. Uh, we were talking, he was here in, in May, uh, some years ago, I don't know, two, three years ago or three. But he was here maybe in 2022 or 23. But he, 22, 22. And uh, he was saying, he, he was so uh, taken with the fact that we would embark on, on a journey with the Lord. We would embark on a journey, you know, hear God say something and then start to walk in it. Well, I want you to know I was petrified. Now, I don't want you to think I'm a Pillsbury Doughboy. I'm not that at all. I've prayed all my life, Lord, don't let me hurt anybody, you know. You know, don't let me, you know, fly off the handle, you know, like an axe head. That's what that's about, you know. You know, you don't know about axes. I've got to get some city examples. <laughs> yes, you know, when they talk about flying off the handle, you have an axe head, sharp axe head, and you have this, this uh, is it, we say wood? Yeah, this wood uh, it, it, for a handle, and uh, and you you can put some nails in that wood to try to make, make uh, have it spread out. But every now and again, you you come to swing that thing, and that axe goes off. You know that guy goes off the head, uh, rather the axe goes off the handle. So I, I I felt like I could be like that. So I, I prayed to the Lord, Lord, help me, make me. And what I found, you kind of think that God was just going to say. And you're going to fall out and come, and then you stand back up and you're all right. No, but you know what the Lord did? I noticed the things that bugged me the most, he had me encounter them almost on a daily basis. May I say that again? The things that bugged me the most on almost a daily basis that I was encountering. And so finally I said, okay, 
I get it. I'm glad I didn't die last year. <laughs> I got it. So, so look, at, look at our success. I want you to look at our success. Okay, let me say, okay. so you also created in the truth. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so you also created in the truth of God, truth of God. And I like to talk about truth. And we, we, one of these days, I promise you, we're going to do that. We're going to, some of our elders and all of us, we're going to, elders, wives, all of us, we're going to sit up here and just let you pelt us with questions and stuff. But, but, but this truth is amazing because I, I was invited at one of the uh, colleges in the area. I was invited to, do, uh, to talk to a class and on, on truth. And, and so I, because, you know, people say, well, this is, what is your truth? Well, your truth is this and my truth is that. No, that's not, that's not the way it works. So I was talking and the, the Holy Spirit gave me uh, some, uh, something and it was so, uh, for me at the time, so novel and still is. The truth has to be a person. Because the truth doesn't change. And then if it, since the truth is a person, it has to be God. Because what's true can change. What is, fact, what is factual can change. But the truth is solid. Forever solid. So you and I are created in the truth. So that means that somewhere in our spiritual DNA, we know the truth. The scripture says, and you, you, you shall know the truth. Not wonder and be, scratch your head. You shall know the truth, and what will the truth do? He'll make you free. Uh, come on, I know set you free is in some Bible. I think it's a pretty decent, but make you free is even better than setting you free. Yeah, yeah. right. Make you free. The truth will make you free. So we have been, we have uh, been brought forth in the truth. So that means that God has given us every faculty that we need for this last, these last days. I want to say that again. God has given us every faculty we need for these last days. Come on, church. We need to rise up and be the people he's called us to be. And I'm not worried about my, my life because I'm created in the life itself, Amen. the very life of God. The Scripture says in 1 John 5, 11, 1 John 5, 11, he says, and this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. He also says, he also says, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Amen. That's what he says in John 10, John 10, 28. And I give them what kind of life? Eternal. Is it temporary? No. Is it fluctuating? No, no it's eternal life. And that's what he says. This is the God who cannot lie. And they shall never perish. Perish. They shall never perish. Let's go to one more. Neither shall anyone. Wow. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Amen. That's, the, that's this new creation, which we are part. So we're going to walk it out successfully, knowing who you are. All right, I'm going to take 30 seconds and say, when I was a boy growing up, my dad, I always talk about dad, I talk about mom too. Mom was the biggest influence in my life, mostly growing up. And, uh, but dad was always there. Mom was always enforcing what dad wanted us to be. She was always doing it. She was good at that. And all she had to do was say, honey, to dad, honey. And you didn't want her to say, honey, that one. Oh, you didn't want that. My dad was not an abuser. 
but he sure was a corrector. <laughs> and so, 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 so this is what I want us to do. Uh, I want us to do. I want us to walk it out. My dad would say, you're my child. And I don't want you acting like the other boys. You're my child. I don't want you acting like the other boys. Sometimes Christians think I can make this thing up as I go. I can be what I want to be. I can do what I want to be. No, that's not true at all. And when somebody said, the old country expression would say, hogwash, that means that all, you got a lot of dirt in your stuff. So dad says, you, you, I, I'm, not, I'm not raising you to be like those other boys. God hasn't brought you this far for you to be like everybody else. Wow, amen. amen. So we're going to, I'm going to talk to you more in the days to come about all of this. We love you so much. I'm going to come back in just a minute. Don't, don't leave because I'm going to give an invitation to Jesus in just a minute, okay? If there's somebody here you have not uh, given your, 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 your life to Jesus, you haven't given your heart to Jesus, I want you to do that. I want you to do that so that you will live forever. You know, those who believe in him will live forever. We sing that. It's not just lyrics. It's reality. And so I want to come back. And those of you who are already saved, I'm asking that you and I together will walk in this truth of God as we have never walked into it. And let's leave it all on the field. Let's leave it all on the field. You know, don't say what I wish I could have, I could have, I should have. No, we're going to leave it all. I'll be back in just a minute.